reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God says, those who can stand in honor of reading of God's Word, please, you're welcome to do so. This one verse of the sixth chapter of Matthew, tenth verse, says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. Tell your neighbor, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Tell your other neighbor, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And now look at your neighbor and say, I was talking to God. Yeah, I lost somebody. Tell your neighbor, I was talking to God. Because we want his kingdom to come and his will be done. Hello, somebody. Because to understand thy kingdom come, we must understand who the king is. And the king is the Lord. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is host of hosts. And to understand the kingdom of God and how it is near us, we need to understand the beginning of Jesus' ministry. The word reminds us that Jesus began his ministry, his public ministry after John, the baptizer, has been imprisoned. It says he began his ministry and he, re, he began his ministry similar, similar, the same way John began preaching his ministry, telling those to repent for the kingdom of God is near. To understand the kingdom of God, to understand and to know, to, to usher in the kingdom of God, a prerequisite was to repent. Tell your neighbor you need to repent. Because repentance means that we put ourselves in the position of humility and humbling ourselves before the great king, realizing that we are sinners in need of redemption, in need of salvation, in need of forgiveness, and saying, Lord, the only way I can make it into your kingdom is by me humbling myself before you. That's why Jesus made it clear to them, saying, it is easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Because a rich man, is hard for them to humble themselves. But those who can lower themselves before the Lord, they can enter the kingdom of God. And so in this petition of thy kingdom come, we need to come to a place of repentance. Repentance can be understood as a one who changes their mind or to have a conversion. Specifically in this text, it means that we had a change of wills, a change of mind. No longer are we seeking to satisfy ourselves, but we're seeking to glorify our God. This is necessary to enter the kingdom of God because Jesus says those who do the will of the Father enter into heaven. We find that Matthew seven twenty one. Those who do the will of who? The Father enter into heaven. So what is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is that man should repent and not perish. This great will of the Father came from heaven to earth to show us the way. Who was that? Jesus. Jesus came to show us the great will of the Father, revealing to us the kingdom of God, because we find it in John 3 and 17 that he did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. Why is that, Father? Because that's my will, that man not perish, 
but have everlasting life. Am I talking to somebody here this morning to understand that I, I, it's hard for me to define, to, to pick out specifically what I was made for? Because a lot of people are hard on themselves trying to figure out why am I here? What's my purpose in life? But if you look at why Jesus came, he came so that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And in order for you to have life and have life more abundantly, you have to know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you start realizing that you don't know yourself. Because to know Jesus is to know someone who's loving, who's forgiving, who's merciful, who's gentle. And you start realizing, how can he die for me? When I'm a wretch undone, when I'm a sinner, I lie, I defame him, I profane his name. I have not given him glory. I have not humbled myself. I've been living for myself, but yet he died for me when I did not know him. As the Romans writer put, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And so when we put it in perspective, if his will is for me to have life, then I need to know better about his will. And the more I know his will, I realize that his will is that man should not perish but have everlasting life. So therefore, then I realize my purpose. My purpose is to go tell somebody else that Jesus loves them. My purpose is to go tell somebody else that they too can know him and have eternal life. Am I helping out somebody this morning? Because when you look at the broader truth of why he's come, you start realizing why you want his kingdom. To come. This great will of the Father came from heaven to show us the way. And shown us the way, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so we see Jesus showing to them why they must ask for the kingdom of God. This great question to best answer for looking for the kingdom of God brings us then to ask, What does the kingdom bring? The kingdom brings salvation, it brings peace, and it brings the reign of the King of Kings. And the Lord of lords and the host of hosts. When the kingdom of God enters, it destroys all opposing forces to his kingdom. Y'all catch that? When the kingdom comes, it destroys and defeats all opposing forces. Jesus' vision on earth showed us the evidence of the kingdom when Matthew twelve twenty he says this, If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Tell your neighbor, the kingdom can deliver you. And so in praying for the kingdom of God is praying for deliverance. It's praying for God to establish his reign and to destroy the strongholds and the strongholds of the enemy and to defeat the enemy. Jesus shows us that he's come to save the lost and deliver us from the bondage of sin. The kingdom of God has, has, is reigning and we are his subjects and he is our king. The kingdom of God is working through us because it is in us to come out of us. And that's why we are victorious. That's why we are more than conquerors. That's why great is he that's in us and he that is in the world. That's why no weapon formed against us so prosper. That's why we can stand and not be moved. Why is that? Because the power, that great power of God is in us, able for us to defeat the enemy. That's why he got to flee. People try to say that word because it's so common in our Christian world. Oh, the devil's trying to get me. I try to remind people the devil can't get you. Because when I stand and resist him, he has to flee. I can resist the devil, and he got to go. Why? Why? know why he got to go? Because greater is the power that's in me. 
than he that is in the world. Jesus says, upon this rock I establish my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. What does that mean? That he cannot overcome my city. He cannot overcome what God has for me. Why is that? Because he can't prevail. So if he can't prevail, that means somebody got to prevail. That means the kingdom of God will win. And so when we allow the kingdom of God that is in us come through us, then we become the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And when we realize that how we have been delivered and we can show other people how they too can be delivered, we start realizing how situations in our lives start changing. Our household seems better because we turn it over to the Lord. We start thinking our ways, but we start thinking his way. Say, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you are the king, then we are your loyal subject. Lord, we, I surrender. I truly surrender. I give it all over to you because I realize it is your will, not my will. Now we have to realize that the enemy is busy, and he's trying to, trying to get us to, to, to think that we can't do it. People always have words of cop-outs that are always struggling is hard, but that's why it's by the grace of God. That's why it's by the grace of God. I tell you, it's by the grace of God. It's not by our will. It's not by our might. It's not by our strength, but by the grace of God. We are who we are, but by the grace of God. When somebody compliments you and says you're doing a good job, you can tell them just by the grace of God. Because you have allowed the kingdom of God work in you because you decided to surrender. and said, no longer do I go after the lust of the flesh. But, Lord, my desire is to feed your spirit. And feeding your spirit is doing what is obedient to your will. Jesus said again, what? Those who enter the kingdom of God are those who do the will of my Father. The will of my Father is that none shall perish but have everlasting life. So therefore, in order to usher people into the presence of Jesus Christ, I need to show more love. So when we do the will of God, it becomes clearly understanding what the will of God is. His good and his perfect will. Romans 12 1 tells us to what? To be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, so that we can prove God's good and pleasing and perfect will. Jesus teaches us that the, who do the will of the Father will enter the kingdom of God. And therefore, the Father sees us in his creation and knows us through Jesus Christ. And when we know Jesus Christ, we start living through Jesus Christ. And we start living through Jesus Christ. Check this out. We put on our sunglasses. Our S-O-N glasses. Because when we put on our sunglasses, we see things differently. We see how the sun to see because we want to have, have the mind of Christ. And so when we put on our sunglasses, when somebody's get on our last nerves, we start thinking about how I got on Jesus' last nerves. And if he, if he prayed for me, how much more I need to pray for them. We, when we put on our sunglasses, we see somebody getting on us, and we're about to tell them about themselves. We start realizing how Jesus didn't tell us about ourselves. And so we say, how can I encourage them, not tear them down? And so when we put on our sunglasses, we start realizing, Lord, no longer am I looking from my perspective, my point of view, but, Lord, I want to see it from your point of view. To do the will of God is, is one truth, is to see souls gained for the kingdom. If you are wondering what God's will is for you, again, I say to you today with all clarity, I want to point this out to you, that there's at least three actions you can do to see God's will be done in your life. And when you exercise this truth of, of, of God's will for your life, you start realizing how you can practically apply each and every day. Because the general truth is that none shall perish but have everlasting life. 
And that's desire that God see that none should perish have everlasting life. If that's the truth, if that's his will, then what's your part in his will? Are you helping people find him or are you pushing people away from him? Are you being a good example of how to follow him or are you being an obstacle and hindering people from fully following him? Because the testament of our lives that we claim to be Christians and that we go back to our homes, we go back to our backyards, we go back to where people know us and they are doing the same sin that you used to do. That's your fault. Because they saw you do. Now you need to go to and say, look, I learned my way. I, right, you used to see me do this when I was claiming to be a Christ, but I've matured. I realized I, need, I can no longer do these things and say I'm honoring God. So the first action you need to do, tell your neighbor, you need to have a heart check. You need to have a heart check because it says, those who do the will of my Father will enter the kingdom of God. So therefore, I need to check my heart and see if it's right. Because he says, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. So I need to check my heart and, Lord, what do I need to repent for? What do I need to repent for? We're going to get to it, but you look, it says, forgive my sins, right? Or forgive my debts, I forgive my debtors. I wanted to point out to this, he's teaching this to his disciples. Y'all quiet on me. He's teaching to those who already believe. So he's saying that y'all going to have some times you mess up. You go turn to God and say, Lord, I need some forgiveness. And in this process that we need to realize that in our lives, in our daily walks, in our daily walks, we need to check, we need to continually check our heart and say, Lord, what do I need to repent for? And we don't like to repent because repent is humility. Repent means I was wrong. Repent means you lower yourself. You make somebody higher than you. And we don't like that. We don't like going telling somebody I was wrong. I was sorry. I could have been more patient. No, we want to say, if you would have got up when I told you, God, I wouldn't have yelled at you. But now we just want to go ahead and make excuse for our actions. But yet we look at it that if we, I truly, truly love you, I don't want to put you in a position where you feel ashamed, where you feel hurt, where you feel disappointed because of the actions that I have done. Though I, I can justify my actions, it doesn't make it right. We need to realize that when I repent, it means that I'm wrong. I want to change my mind. I want to do better. Lord, I want to do better because I truly want my heart to be right. I want my conscience to be clear. I want to make sure every time I go to bed, I go to bed with a peaceful heart. Tell your neighbor, I need to check my heart today. Because many of us can understand that some people wait too, long, wait too late to check something. By the time they check it, it says, if you'd have been earlier. If you would have been earlier, we could have saved you, but now it's too late. We are blessed now with modern medicine. There's so much things they can do now, but imagine, 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 imagine that, that if you were just too late, they say, you know what, there's nothing more we can do for you. Some of us need to check our heart before it's too late. Before we destroy that relationship, we, we destroy that, that bridge, we destroy, we destroy things that we've been working for to build up, and it's broken because we just didn't check our heart. Checking our heart is the will of the Lord because he tells us this, that we should love who? One another, even love our enemies. So once you check your heart, catch this, once you check your heart, you might find there's some stuff missing. So the second truth of doing God's will, of checking your heart, is to put the word in your heart. The problem about putting the word in our heart is that many of us, many of us stick to what we know. 
which means that I know all the Sunday school lessons. I've been to church. I go to Sunday school, so I know the Sunday. We know the Sunday school lessons. They're all the good stories, right? We know about Daniel and the lions there. We know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know Moses going through Israel. We know about John the Baptist and King Herod. We know about Jesus and all his great parables. We know all these things, but sometimes, sometimes we need to get to some constructions and some teaching that tell us to, to, to do some stopping in some of our lives. We don't know where that verse may be where it tells you to stop cursing. You know, you haven't found that in the Bible because you haven't looked for it, so you don't know. You don't know it's in there. You don't know where it's in the Bible where it tells you that you should not speak lies and truth at the same mouth. You try to, I, I haven't found that one, I haven't gotten that, but you know how you, should, how you should get your blessing. But when we start looking and say, Lord, I want your word hidden in my heart, means I need to take private time to devote myself in studying his word and using his word, which is a seed, and start planting it in my heart. And when you start planting the seed in your heart, you know what it does? It starts to grow. And when it starts to grow, you start to see the fruit in your life. When you plant the word in your heart, the fruit comes out that you want to share this truth, that you know Jesus, who was crucified and resurrected for everyone. When you have the word upon your heart, you want to live it out every day of your life so that everybody can see what's inside of you. When you have the word in your heart, you are able to realize that you are not a hypocrite because what comes out is good fruit, not bad fruit. Because where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. And so we need to realize as I inspect my heart, I check my heart, I need to feed my heart. Plant God's word in your heart. The third truth of doing his will I want to point out to us that we need to be in total surrender. This part we see of this third petition, he says not, he says that thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. When we allow God's will be done in our, in our lives, that's total surrender. Total surrender means no longer am I living for the world. I'm living for the city. I'm living for the paycheck. I'm living to put my name in lights. No, I'm living to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm not living for revenge. I'm living to pay somebody back. I'm trying to live to prove somebody wrong because they said I was no good when I was a child. I'm going to make them upset with me now because how successful I am. No, I'm living so that people might know Christ and him crucified. This is living to show love and to pray for our enemies and go the extra mile. This great will of God is to be completed through us as we model it, as we walk it out. You understand? And see how simple it is? I didn't say anything you probably never heard before, but I want to make it clear to us that doing the will of God is simple. Doing the will of God means that, Lord, I put my heart in the right place. So therefore, I have to check my heart to make sure it's in the working condition. And then when I realize when I check my heart, I need more of his words. So I put more of his word in my heart. And the more I put of his word in my heart, the more I know what he desires from me, the more I want to do for him. And then we see the fruit in our lives. And what is the fruit? The fruit is deliverance. Tell your neighbor, the fruit is deliverance. I'm lost, somebody. Tell your neighbor, the fruit is deliverance. Did not, did not Jesus say that because I am rebuking demons... The evidence of the kingdom is near, that the kingdom is at hand. The evidence was I was able to raise the sick, make the blind to see, make the lame to walk. The kingdom is here. And so 
when I see the kingdom in me, I see the kingdom outside of me, I start seeing deliverance around me. And the deliverance that comes from is this, that I might have had a sour tongue, a bitter tongue, a, a cursing tongue, but now I got a praising tongue. The deliverance comes, I might have had a lustful eye, a, a lustful flesh, but now I desire the Lord of pure and holy hands. The deliverance comes, I had thirst for things that made my mind slow down, my body active, but now I thirst for this living water. The deliverance comes that we realize that I'm looking now through the sun's glasses. My perspective have changed, and I start seeing the fruit in my life. Anybody here desperate for some deliverance? You understand deliverance can't come just because you want it to come. Deliverance comes because his will will make it come. And his will that man should not perish but have everlasting life. So he wants us to have everlasting life. He wants us to know regeneration. He wants us to know salvation. He wants us to know deliverance. He wants us to know him. And when we know him, we see him, we be like him, we love him. And so the challenge for us in seeing this kingdom of God is think about this, that when Jesus showed up, then things changed. If Jesus was able to do this great work, he says that we could do great works to attain him. You can do great works too. I lost somebody. Y'all, y'all not talking to me. Am I boring y'all? Y'all done boring y'all? What's going on? I'll, I'll go sit down real quick. I, you just tell your neighbor, Jesus says you could do great works too. Because the great works that can be done, the great works that can be done is that you can't see healing in your life. You can't see deliverance in your life. You can't see reconciliation in your life. You can see redemption in your life. And what's, what's, what's beautiful, what's beautiful that I love the most that I love to see, that I get to see, and Brother, Brother Kevin Kyle gets to see definitely on Friday night, you can see dead come alive. You can see those who do not know him, who are dying in a sense, say, Lord, I want to know you and have new life come to them. That's the kingdom invading our world. That's the kingdom coming into this dark world, bringing light. We have the power. So in our prayer life, it should be our walking life. Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And realize, Lord, I make myself available to be your vessel to bring forth your kingdom. So that's why I'm going to check my heart. That's why I hide your word in my heart. And that's why I want to make sure I surrender all so I can be a good vessel to all I meet and to all I see. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Let's come to him surrendering. Lord, we come. Just thank you, God, that you are truly our father. And we desire for thy kingdom come, for thy will be done. That means, Lord, we need to repent for our selfish ways and our self-centeredness. And, Lord, truly, truly say, not our will be done, Lord, but your will be done. Lord, have your way with us, almighty God. Have your way with us. We are your children. You are our Father. Speak to us. Minister to us. Lord, there might be someone here who has not given a life to Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you've come, so that all who call on them, Lord, shall be saved. So your word reminds us, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that's you, whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If that's you, that's you this morning, you decided that, Lord, I give my life to you. We want to pray this prayer with you. God sees you right where you are, and he sees your condition, and he's able to change it. And just repeat after me saying, dear Lord Jesus, 
I do believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the grave on the third day. And, Lord, I invite you to come into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. May we stand this in the hand of discipleship. There might be someone here today for the first time you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.